You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always, as you heard in the intro. Welcome to the podcast. We're excited about this podcast. It's uh, I've actually been doing podcasts since 2004. Uh, when I was back on a thousand mics, and of course we've come a long way since then. A lot of episodes, different formats, uh, different codes. We've we've slowly moved through quite a few codes from way back then, and so I appreciate you tuning in and listening to these podcasts. Hopefully on the job, in the car, and all those type of things. That and hopefully they're beneficial to you. Um, again, you can listen to all of our podcasts and watch the various videos that we do. Over on our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. Uh, of course, you can watch uh, our live broadcasts every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on electricianlive.com or over on our YouTube channel, as well as on our Electrician Live Show Facebook page. That would be our gaming page. I don't know why they require it to be a gaming page, but anyway, we're listening to there as well. Uh, hopefully, you subscribe to the channel so that you can get notification when we go live. That way, you know to join us and enjoy uh, the fun. You can contribute, you can call in uh, and be a part of the show. If there's a topic that is of specific interest to you, then you'd like to participate in it that way, more than happy to that. You can also chat live during the show and ask questions and different things like that as well. Uh, Interact with me during the live presentation as well. So hopefully you'll do that if you want. So anyway, um, today we're going to talk about neutral conductors a little bit, and I've talked about this topic before, and it's, it's you know, again, not a, a, a new topic, uh, nothing controversial in it, nothing that I'm trying to bring out that it's, it's, it's uh, different than it was in the 2017 code, except for the fact that Article 310 has been redesigned, and a lot of the subdivisions have been renumbered or relabeled in kind of put it in a more logical flow, a more logical format. So Co-Making Panel 6 took on that task, and it really kind of flows much better now than it used to. Also, some of the tables that we're familiar with, like in the 2017 code, the Ampacity tables, 310.15.B.16, is now reverted back to uh, the tables that we old electricians remember as being 310.16. So again kind of came back to that concept. And when the tables are referenced now, it's a little easier because now it actually has the section 16, 17, 18, 19, which give you the basic guidance for use of that specific table. Okay, so again, it's just a little better flow. It didn't change the intent of anything, but it's just a much better, more logical flow to be able to apply the National Electrical Code. And that's what we're after, right? It's easier that we can get to to make it flow. All right, so let's take this. Now, in the 2020 National Electrical Code, and that's what we're referring to here, we now have 31015E. Now, this before was under 31015B, but E is dealing with, and I believe that's what it was. I don't have a 17 code with me right now, but we're looking at what's a neutral conductor and what do we consider a neutral conductor. Now, why is that important? Well, if we're doing an application where we need to make an adjustment factor, which many people call derating, for the number of current carrying conductors that exceed three, then we need to know if a neutral has to count. If it counts as a current carrying conductor, 
then we have to add that into our little equation. And of course, ultimately, we get over three current current conductors. Then the amount of ampacity that our conductors can carry is going to start to go down by percentages. And that means that we have mutual heating or contribution from other conductors' heat uh, that actually can affect the current carrying ability of a conductor. And so the neutral carries current, and when it does carry current, and it, when it is considered a current carrying conductor, it contributes to that heat. So we have to understand when the neutral is actually going to be considered current carrying. And so that's what we're going to do today. Now, we're not going to get into the electrical theory. We've done that in other episodes. I'm not going to get into discussing conventional uh, current flow uh, and, and all this kind of thing. I'm, I'm not going to get into the modern concept. We're going to talk about it in basic terminologies that the everyday electrical student or person studying the code or learning to apply it in the field would understand. Okay, so you know that let's break it down to the most simplest format, and we'll start there. Okay, let's talk about for you residential folk. If you're dealing with a non-metallic sheath cable, a 14.2 NMB, a 12.2 NMB, a 10.2 NMB, okay, utilizing it for 120-volt application, 120-volt brand circuits. You with me? You've got a black and a white, typically. We're talking residential now. So you put the black onto the overcurrent protected device, whether it's the circuit breaker or the fuse, uh, depending on what you're working with, under 240, which is the overcurrent protected devices. And for conventional, let's just talk about the concept that we know. So current goes out, even though it's AC and it changes directions. Um, typically, we're thinking of it as it goes out on the black, it goes to whatever the load is, we're keeping it simple, and then it comes back to the source. It completes the loop. The reason that you put a switch in there for, say, a luminaire is that breaks that flow. That breaks that complete loop. And, of course, the light goes out. You, can, you, you flip it on, and it completes that loop, and the light goes on. The light being the load itself. Whether it was a lamp, many people call a light bulb, we'll just say it's a lamp, um, and it is actually the load. Okay, so that's a complete circuit. Now, in a 14.2, in a 12.2, for example, we'll keep it simple, you have a black and a white. And you have an equipment ground. Now, the equipment ground is not part of the circuit. It's not a circuit conductor. It's an equipment grounding conductor. The black and white are the circuit conductors. So they're the ones that typically are going to have the current flowing through them. We hope that the equipment ground doesn't have current flowing through it. But if you have a ground fault, then you're going to have current flowing through it for a certain amount of time that allows that overcurrent protective device to operate and clear the circuit. That equipment ground is part of the safety system. So we're talking circuits, black and a white conductor. Now, in that scenario, that white conductor is considered a current carrying conductor. Current goes out on the black, comes back on the white. Okay, using that, just keep it simple. All right. Now, in that scenario, if I have a 14.2 and I have two of them side by side bundled, for more than 24 inches, and we're not going to get into other allowances, we'll just talk about general generality here, then what I've got is four current carrying conductors. One, two, three, four. Two blacks and two whites. Those are four current carrying conductors. Okay? Now, let's jump over into the commercial side. If I'm, pulling in, I'm putting in an EMT, electrical metallic tubing, which is tubing, which is a raceway. It's not a conduit. And I'm installing this tubing, and I pull two blacks and two whites. So I have two separate 
branch circuits. They're in that raceway. So now I've got four current-carrying conductors. Current's got to go out. Current's going to come back. Get an AC system. It changes directions based on the sinusoidal waveform. But you get the concept. There's always going to be current traveling on that neutral equivalent to what would be traveling on the ungrounded conductor. Okay? Not a problem if it's a 15-amp overcurrent device and a 14-gauge copper, both the neutral and the uh, ungrounded conductor. It doesn't matter. You're okay. Everything's good. Now, that would be the same whether it was dealing it in a raceway or you were dealing it with non-metallic sheath cable. You with me? All right, now let's kick it up a notch now. What if I had a 14.3 and I had, or a 12.3? So now in that non-metallic sheath cable for you residential folk, I have a black, a red, and a white. Of course, I got my equipment ground as well. And again, the equipment ground is not part of the circuit conductors. That's the equipment ground and conductors part of the safety circuit. So what we've got is a red, a black, and a white. Now, the code allows me to utilize that 14.3 as a multi-wire branch circuit that actually shares a neutral. Now, we've got some caveats to this. And the reason I'm explaining this is to go into some of our items when we're counting neutral conductors as current current conductors or not. Now, in this scenario, if I'm utilizing that 14.3 or I'm using that 12.3 as the red is one phase, the black is the other phase, the opposing phase, and then we have the neutral that's carrying the imbalanced current from either one of those phases. So based on the way the waveform goes, and we're not going to get into that because, again, I don't want to get into the weeds. We're talking about what you need to know as an electrician. Is if I have 10 amps on phase A, and I have 10 amps on phase B, there's a cancellation effect that takes place because of its position in the waveform, on an AC waveform. So what happens is the neutral will carry the imbalance. So the 10 amps on the phase A will cancel out the 10 amps on the phase B when it comes to the neutral, and the neutral will carry zero in a perfect world, right? Now, if I have 10 amps on phase A and I have 5 amps on phase B, then only 5 amps will cancel out, and the neutral will carry the imbalance, which is 5 amps, okay? So the key thing to remember here, though, is how do we apply that in counting that neutral as a current-carrying conductor? Because that current, the neutral could carry zero. Now, let's look at 31015E in the 2020 National Electrical Code. Hopefully you have one. A couple states have, are starting to adopt the 2020 now, so we're in full swing. It's printed. Massachusetts, I believe, has adopted it. Texas will adopt it in September Uh, A couple other states are moving on with it, okay? Um, I think Georgia adopted it without any amendments, so that's coming up in the next couple months. So let's look at E, which is neutral conductor. Now, what does it say here? It says, the neutral conductor shall be considered current carrying in accordance with any of the following, any of the following. Now, A1, I should say A1, E1, it says, the neutral conductor that carries only The unbalanced current from other conductors of the same circuit shall not be required to be counted when applying the provisions of 31015C1. Now, 31015C1 is the adjustment factors for more than three current current conductors. 
But if you're in the 2017 code, you might say, what is this? Well, it was 31015B3A in the 2017. Again, there's been a slight change in the 2020 to kind of change the subdivisions around and make them more uniformed, and that was one of the changes that took place. Okay? So, in this scenario, that actual neutral in a multi-wire branch circuit is literally carrying the unbalanced current from the other conductors of the same circuit. Okay? And it's not required to be counted when applying the provisions of 31015C1. All right? Now, in that scenario anyway, just so you know, in a 14.3, you, even if you did count the neutral as current carrying, you're not going to have more than three current carrying conductors in that cable assembly anyway, right? Now, the moment that you bundle that with another cable that might be, let's say you took that 14.3 and you bundled it with a 14.2, and when we say bundle, you didn't you didn't maintain you, you didn't have any separation for 24 inches or greater, and you were doing it in contact with say thermal insulation or whatnot, and now you have to apply some of the allowances, uh, some of the requirements here for this adjustment. Now, how many current carrying conductors do you have? Well, if I if the if you have the red and the black, and you have another 14.2 with it, and that's a black and a white. So now I have four current carrying conductors. And in that scenario, I'm going to have to apply the adjustments in 31015C1. In that case, it's four, so it's going to be an 80%. Okay. Uh, good news is if you're dealing with 12 or 14, you get to you get to do the adjustment of corrections from the 90 degree, even though it's NMB would be limited to the 60 degree at the end of the day. You get to still do the adjustment and correction from the 90 based on the rules that are in 334.80. Okay. So even after I do adjustment and corrections, you're probably going to be okay as long as you don't exceed nine current current conductors. It's very easy to do the math. You'll see that if you're using the 90 adjust and correcting, you're generally going to be okay. All right? As long as your actual load doesn't exceed that of the 60-degree column for the, for the device limitations and all that type of stuff, then you're okay. Okay? All right. So that is an example of where one comes into play. Again, the neutral conductor that only carries the imbalance current from other conductors of the same circuit shall not be required. Now, that's a permissive statement, shall not be required. Some engineers may require you to count it as a current current conductor. That's their prerogative. It just states here that it shall not be required. Okay, It doesn't say here that it shall not be counted. Okay, It just says it shall not be required to be counted. Um, the next one we're going to look at is dealing with, and these next two, by the way, deal with something very unique, and that is a four-wire, three-phase Y systems. So the first one we look at is, let's say that I have a three-phase, four-wire circuit or system, and I'm going to derive from that a three-wire circuit consisting of two-phase conductors and a neutral conductor. Okay, so I'm literally taking, let's say, a system that is four wire, three phase Y, and I'm going out and taking off of it, I'm deriving a three wire circuit that only has two phase conductors and a neutral. Okay, so now if that's the case, that means I'm not pulling, let's say it's a, again, so this is a three phase four wire, so it's A, B, and C, but I'm not pulling the C, but I'm pulling the A and the B for that application. Okay. 
Well, in that case, you have to count the neutral as a current carrying conductor. Why? Because that neutral current will, will carry approximately the same current as any of the other circuit conductors measured to the neutral. So if I have 20 amps on phase A, 20 amps on phase B, I did not pull a C, but it is a three-wire circuit with two-phase conductors and one neutral conductor derived from a three-phase four-wire, then the neutral conductor will carry approximately the same, so it's going to carry 20 amps as well. So it's going to always carry that 20 as long as that load is imposed on the ungrounded conductors, and it's going to be carried, counted as a current-carrying conductor. So immediately I have to consider that a current-carrying conductor. And it might make a difference. Now, in our case, even though you counted as a current carrying conductor, if I had an A and a B and a neutral uh, and an equipment ground, let's say, and I was counting that neutral as current carrying, I still only would have three. I'd have the A, the B, and the C, even if it was carrying, counted as current carrying. And it does not exceed three, so 31015C1 is not going to be an issue. But it just wants you to, to understand the concept. Now, you put more than that in a raceway, or you bundle the application, then that neutral being counted as a current carrying conductor can play a significant role when you're starting to add up the conductors. But in the circuit by itself, it ne not necessarily, even though it was counted as current carrying, uh, it wouldn't play an impact, okay? Because you're still not going to have more than three conductors contributing heat, all right? Now, the last one that we want to look at is same type of scenario, but this is in a circuit, that consists of four-wire, three-phase. So if I have a circuit that consists of four-wire, three-phase, and I'm dealing with a major portion of loads that consist of nonlinear loads, which create harmonic currents, if that's the case, and what is a major portion? A major portion would be things like variable frequency drives, things like electronic ballast and, and uh, luminaire system fluorescence, um, Anything that deals in a lot of stopping and starting and distorting the waveform creates a reverberation on the waveform that creates these harmonics. Now, the most detrimental harmonics is a third harmonics um, that in, in many times you hear engineers talk about that as far as the dynamic harmonics and things like that uh, or total harmonic distortion, THD. And they'll talk about that a lot. And they'll do things to counteract this. They'll, they'll try to have transformers that, re, that, that filter the frequency because, again, harmonics is a basic fundamental of frequencies. Uh, and it causes that neutral to not be able to handle any cancellations or the, or the phase conductors cancel out anything. It causes a distortion. And ultimately, that neutral is going to carry a lot of current. And it could, in some cases, carry twice the amount of current, current as any of the phase conductors due to this harmonic distortion. So what is harmonics in a layman's term? Think of it as a kiddie pool. And the kiddie pool has a water, it's just smooth as glass. You drop a baseball in the middle of the kiddie pool. It creates these waves. Now these waves will come out and there'll be symmetrical waves, kind of like a sinusoidal waveform, there's symmetrical waves, and they're going to emanate out from where the pebble went into the water or the baseball went into the water. And then once it hits the sides of the swimming pool or the mini pool, now they start to reverberate back amongst themselves. And when they go back amongst themselves, they start to take what was a normal uniformed waveform and now distort it. 
And that distortion of the waveform is what harmonics is. And it causes the fact that the neutral can't have any cancellation effect, that any loads that would uh, would cancel out from phase to phase onto that neutral is not going to happen. And what happens is now you have that neutral conductor which can carry current from all phases. And what happens is it can dramatically overload the neutral, burn out the neutral. So that's why you see people doing uh, 200% neutrals or you see people doing oversized neutrals because they already know that there's a high level of harmonics into this system and they don't want to filter it out. They don't want to use a process of filtration to try to cancel out those frequencies. So what they'll do is they'll oversize the neutral to compensate. In some cases, they'll take transformers, K-factor transformers that are designed with filtration in it. And there's also such things as independent separate filtration systems that try to filter out the harmonics. And they get placed on the circuit that generating the harmonics. There's other ways that you can do this to try to get rid of those harmonics. Uh, but a lot of times, the people will just simply upsize the neutral because they know that you're going to have a large amount of current in these systems that are going to generate onto that neutral. And we don't want to burn out the neutral, overload the neutral, burn up the insulation, brown out the insulation, um, and burn up the connection because the neutral was not designed to carry. It wasn't sized to carry more current than what its size is permitted. Okay, So that becomes an issue. So what is a major portion? Any portion of the system where it is more than 50% of Non-linear loads. A motor, for example, is a linear load. Um, electronic ballast, computer switching, starting and stop stations, variable frequency drives, all those different types of things that are on a system can create, if they're on the system, they can create harmonics. And that is detrimental to the neutral conductor if you don't size it right or try to take care of that filtration of those harmonics. That's about as, as 30,000 foot level as I'm going to be able to give you in this without going into some of the dynamics of the waveform and what happens in the harmonics. And this is just not the, not the episode for that. But it can take place. And so what we want to remember as the everyday electrician is that, number one, when do I count the neutral conductor? If it only carries the unbalanced current from other conductors of the same circuit, then I'm not required to count that as a current-current conductor. Secondly, if I've got a three-wire circuit that is derived from a four-wire, three-phase Y-connected system, that circuit that's dealing with three-phase, excuse me, a three-wire with two-phase conductors and a neutral, okay, that neutral is going to be considered current-carrying Because that neutral is going to carry approximately the same current as any of the other conductors that would have from neutral from line to neutral loads. Okay? So if I had 20 amps on A, 20 amps on B, and I didn't pull a C, then I've got the neutral. Then the 20 and 20, it's not going to be 40. It's going to carry approximately the same amount that's on any of those other phase conductors. So it's going to carry 20 amps. Okay? So that's still got to be counted as a current-carrying conductor. Now, when you're dealing with three, we're talking about a four-wire, three-phase circuit where a major portion of the load on that circuit consists of nonlinear loads. And then you're going to have harmonic current conditions, and you're going to have to count that neutral as a current-carrying conductor in that circuit. Okay? 
in that circuit, and that could push you. Now, at the end of the day, again, 31015C1 only comes into play when you've got more than three current carrying conductors. Okay? But in that scenario, you would have what? You have A, B, and C, and then you have the neutral. And in that four-wire, three-phase circuit, okay, there's a difference between number two, which talks about a three-wire circuit that's coming from a four-wire, three-phase connected system, whereas item number three is talking about a four-wire, three-phase wax circuit itself going out to a specific load. If that load that it's serving and has a major portion of that is nonlinear loads, then the neutral of that circuit, that four-wire, three-phase Y-connected circuit, is going to have to treat that neutral. So if we had an A, B, and C and the neutral, and on that circuit, a major portion of the load consists of nonlinear loads, well, then guess what? Then I have four current carrying conductors. And if I have four current carrying conductors, now 31015C1 in the 2020 code, in the 2017 is 31015B3A, and now you're going to have to apply the adjustment factors. And in this case, because it's four, it would be the four to six, and that would be 80%. So you are going to reduce the the, the impacity of those conductors accordingly uh, to compensate for that mutual heating application. Okay, And in this case, also because that neutral is going to be carrying current uh, and it's going to be able to generate heat, and again, that could be a, that's going to be a problem. So you have to take that into consideration. Anyway, anyway, there you go. That explains the neutral conductors the best that I'm going to do it today in this episode. Um, I will be doing an episode that talks a little bit more in depth about neutrals uh, when it comes to dealing with the harmonics um, and that type of thing. But that's just kind of a, a thirty thousand foot view to kind of give you a better understanding of what a neutral conductor is. Again, I get a lot of people ask me, in a 14.2, in a 12.2, is the neutral considered current carrying? Absolutely. In a 14.3, where the neutral is only carrying the the uh, unbalanced circuit current, um, well, in that case, then if I've got 10 amps on A, 10 amps on B, then the neutral is carrying zero. It's carrying the unbalanced, and I'm not required to count that as a current carrying conductor by the provisions of 31015E1. That doesn't mean an engineer doesn't count it. It's just not required to count it. Again, that's all up to the whoever's designing the system, and they might know more about the system than we know. And, and, and again, that's their prerogative as far as the design engineer. Anyway, hopefully you got something out of today's episode. Uh, feel free to email us at any time at info, I-N-F-O, at masterthenec.com. Uh, or you can go to our websites, masterthenec.com or electricalcodeacademy.com or .net or .org, whatever, and there's a contact us button there. You can contact us straight through the website if that's what you'd like to do. Hopefully you join us every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. where we talk about all kinds of topics that are for electricians. My name again is Paul Abernathy and hope you got something out of today's podcast. Till next time, stay safe and God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul 